The following episode is brought to you by Poison City Brewing, proud makers of Durban Poison Cannabis Lager, the beer that invites you to live your poison. Hi Zoe. How are you? I'm good, thanks yourself. I'm so good. I'm so good. I'm so good. So I'm not. Ah, okay, cool, okay, cool, okay, cool, okay, cool. Um, basically, we're going to be your host, Namsanje. Me and I, Kamala Munasipi, Swango Uzwane, and I've also got then Uzama, Swango Sake, Ukumalo, and she's representing Itebu Connect. Oh, beautiful. Sabonga, guys. I'm really happy to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. Really exciting. Yeah. I, I, I normally don't get to be a part of a lot of platforms, especially from back home. So mm-hmm. every time it happens, I actually get low-key excited and nervous and yeah. happy all at once i think that would even be like a great point to start on considering Uwiti. you didn't mention it with you know platforms back home obviously you are from kzn and i think right off the bat where in kzn are you from so i was born in uh born and raised in peter Maritzburg, oh, wow. in bali Ewan. Mm-hmm. very oh, very nice. proud to be from there uh, and i lived a lot of my childhood there before having to migrate up to, to Gauteng and Johannesburg. But um, I still definitely do go home from time to time. And yeah, I'm proud of being from Emaritsburg and what it means to the story I get to share with people now, you know. Like when I think of, of, of PMB, like I, I don't automatically think of like a booming music scene, La Payan. like especially mm. a lot of like on, 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 on the band side of things, some of the bands we've spoken to, Bayashu was like up in, up in Peter Maritzburg. The only place that used to be around to perform at was, was a place called Red Door and and all that there i mean just sort of paint a picture for me in terms of Uwati, when you were when you were on the come up and and you know just sort of breaking into making music in peter maritzburg what the music scene was like there was there like a thriving sort of creative space there or is it something that you know was was pretty scarce uh yes but um, i find that the the idea of the live music scene in peter maritzburg seems to be one that is quite dimmed you know um, and my come up didn't happen in Maritzburg. By the time I was looking into music a lot more seriously, I was already based in Gauteng, you know, and that's all that's always been seen as the place where dreams come true, you know. Mm. Um, but I do feel that there is a lot of history, beautiful history um, with regards to Maritzburg from politics and even in music, you know, um, and I am proud to be from there. I know Guti, another beautiful um, pianist and um, colleague and, and big brother and friend, Makatini is from Peter Maritzburg. I do find that it's not well documented, but I don't think it means nothing amazing has come from there. I think it's mm. usually people saying, oh, I'm from there. And then you're like, oh, actually... We do have a lot of culture and a lot of history and a lot of beautiful things to offer. Mm. Um, and I would love to explore what that means over time, you know, and even be able to go and perform home a lot more. And, you know, just to celebrate what we have to offer in the live music space as well. Um, you know, for me, it's it's actually the opposite of what you were saying, Nasipi, that I know a lot of people that actually come from Pittsburgh and are doing like, you know, 
quite a quite a lot uh, of things you know the mm. person that just comes off the back of my mind is DK Mazala. she's an amazing rapper and she mm. is doing doing the most right now you know and and also one thing that is 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 really nice about her is that she's part of the LGBTI Q uh, plus community as well that's something that also not a not a lot of people also dwell on to um in, within the music scene as well so we, it's nice to see that there's a surgence now of um artists that are coming from peter maritzberg particularly or kzdn as a whole and busy you know putting the flag out there so it's really really cool that you just mentioned that you're from pmb <laughs> we kind of like interlinked together because yeah. we're away oh, from um, wow exactly that's so exactly so that's Nomdan not too far yes you know that's Nomdan not too far away from 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 peter marisberg so you know it's like the universe was like hey, hey i'm going to intellect all of you guys together so that you can see that there's a common bond already happening you know yeah. so yeah it's it's really cool so what i just want to know from you as to what was the step that made you say you know what I need to take my music and just put it out to to cutting and and just you know sort of like spread my roots because quite a lot of people unfortunately don't have the finances or people don't have enough confidence what gave you that thing that to say that you know what let me just do it right now and also in that in that points as well making sure that you represent KZN because there's also the stigma of okay you in Johannesburg, but now it feels like you're a Johannesburg person and you no longer remember home. How did you also make sure that you were able to still have that KZN roots within you? Wow, that's those are very beautiful questions. Um, well, you know, um, Siswam, when it comes to myself and music, my first inspiration when it came to music was being from Peter Maritzburg, was from living in Bali, A1 specifically. And a lot of people who have... Um, the background of of township, so to speak, will tell you that there's a culture of Saturday mornings being there for people to kind of love whatever it is that they're listening to and love it out loud. You know, I had neighbors who would listen to gospel music on one end and another neighbor who would listen to Mpaganga on the other hand and uh, neighbors would be selling alcohol, listening to Kwaito, you know, so there was always a lot of music around home and I feel that 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 for me was the beginning of knowing what music is because of seeing firsthand what it means to people and then and that it's the soundtrack to people's lives you know um so that's always been the 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 core inspiration for music with me and how moving to how thing happens was uh not necessarily because of my my music and my gifting but it was because I wanted to live with O Mawami, who was in uh, Johannesburg at the time, you know. Um, mm. And I think that's very common with people as well, where you get raised by Uncle Nokoko and, you know, there's a parent somewhere who's working very hard to make sure that you have the opportunities that you need or had a, have a chance at living, which was the case with my beautiful, hardworking mom who... I respect and adore so much, you know. So there was the opportunity to move and to live with her, which I, I took. And uh, that's, that was when I was still in school, um, doing a lot of competitions at Steadfords. And soon enough, that led to being able to go to an art school there. And that's when it all clicked that this was the only thing that I, I really wanted to do and to be a part of. 
you know, and from there, then, you know, started going to jam sessions, writing songs more, um, taking the craft seriously, spending the hours practicing, but everything does start back home. But I've realized how different places have been a sense of home for me as well. You know, yeah. and I, I appreciate what that is and what that means. Did you by any chance go to the Bad Center? Because I've just realized that's like a hub for creatives. So I don't know if you went there as well, maybe for like performances or did you go there just to watch plays or anything like that? You know, I actually have been meaning to have performances at the Bad Center specifically. And without going into too much detail, it wasn't able to be something that could be like accomplished and seen, you know. Mm, but I still have mm. high hopes to be able to um, plan more performances in Asakaya because it, it really is what my soul longs for, you know, um, especially after releasing my sophomore album in Ganegwane and knowing that performing in a, at home, as much as everyone is receptive to it in South Africa and, and around the world, I feel that there is, a, there is part of that message that is directed specifically to people who hear the language and people who would relate with some of the things that I have to share. So um, I hope to be able to, to do a lot more performances, especially after the whole pandemic thing seems to take its own shape and form. But just know privately, I'm always reaching out to spaces, but it, it is not an easy thing to coordinate. I was born and grew up in Asekaya, but moved up to Joburg does sometimes create a disconnect uh, where people don't necessarily associate me with being home. You know, she must be a Tswana girl. And that's my yes. paternal surname. So I think there's a lot of little nuances that kind of create a little bit of distance with home. But I am, I am positive in the fact that, you know, the love that I have for my people will be something to to share and to experience and to celebrate with them, you know. For me, you know, the interesting part is, is, is it's, it's basically everything here is interesting. But then when you mention, Uzi, you know, that, that transition when you moved from PMB and you're going to Joburg, what was, what was your mindset like at that point? When you moved to Joburg, did you have like a set plan in mind or was it more like Yazin, Gekoli, my mother's there, everything else is just going to be vibes? Or was there like a set plan in terms of what you were going to do once you had gotten there? Oh my goodness. So Mastosasekoli, or when I was going to, to Joburg, I was still very young. I was not older than eight or nine years old, you know. Mm. And at that time, I was still very much a kid. Um my family had gotten used to the idea of me singing for junior choir when I was still uh, going to school at St. Nicholas. So there was that thing, you know, there's something about this kid, you know, but I was not in that place where I was planning anything or putting solid ideas and goals to what I wanted to do. But I did find I was gravitating to a lot of artistic explorations even when I was still in primary school you know I was auditioning for the dance group and the choir you know I was auditioning for the drama department um, at school as well so I naturally gravitated to that and I really sucked at, at playing sports <laughs> so there was kind of no no choice with regards to extramurals outside of sports and I was like well I can't hold a ball but I can hold a note so I was, I was still very young, but um, yeah, that's, that's what my experience was. Always having a 
something that gravitated me to the music. You know, it's so funny that you should say that, that your, you know, your family was just on some, you know what, um, just do music and everything, just to obviously keep yourself busy. But in a way, subconsciously, or the universe was speaking that, you know what, there's something special about this child. It may not be through sports, but it will definitely be through music. And in a way, they were actually supportive of what you're doing. And I'm sure even when you speak to your, your, your family right now, they'll be like, oh, she's a special one. We, music was going to take her, um, you know, take her far somewhere or somehow, because we could just tell, there was some linkage of somehow, but we just weren't sure as to yeah. how it was actually going to pan out. I'm sure there was something like that, Zoe. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I don't think I can put it in a better kind of way, you know. I was happy in the sense that, and I was lucky and fortunate in the sense that my family never dismissed the school uh, plays and the and the choir singing. They never dismissed that. You know, they were always interested. They were always proud. You know, it was always this topic of the table. Would say, hey, Ngane, did this and that and the next today, you know. Um, and I'm, I'm eternally grateful for that. I'm eternally grateful for what it is and what it means, you know. Um, and I think being being a child, you do. There's a lot more things you, I feel, you are clear about. You know, we were having a conversation, Noma, just maybe yesterday or the day before, where she was saying, "Guti, um, younger people have old souls because they they they've just been they've just come into the earth maybe after being here before, you know. So they have younger souls, and it's important for us." to take them seriously um, when they have something to say. And I think my family's always been true to what that is. And I think it's an important thing to look at, even us as we're growing older, for to see people that are younger than us and realize that there's so much wisdom and so much knowledge and uh, a lot to learn from that as well, you know? Mm, yeah, I think this is, this is really beautiful, you know, getting all this insight, you know, on, on your journey and whatnot. And, and, you know, the one, the one thing that's incredible is that, Many people, I believe, would say, "Benga fear and say, okay, this is Zoe. You know, you've got Tinganewani out. This is what they're getting is sort of like you're still on your journey, but it's a product that's basically refined, you know, in the public eye and whatnot. And, and they wouldn't really know exactly sort of what went, what processes and what challenges you actually went through to get where you are today. So basically, mm-hmm. you know, what are some of those obstacles that you, you, you've come across you know, um, on your journey and how did you sort of, you know, how were you able to get over those and overcome and basically be at this great point that you're at right now? We'll be right back. You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. And, and, you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Nah, I mean. So do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little? You mean? Yeah, yeah. We all we all artists over here, man. I'm trying. Oh, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. Look, 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 look. We all artists, man. We go. You feel me? We gonna have this like. Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit. Right now. This I gotta lie, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I gotta Don't play with it. Take that shit serious. Man, um, you know, I think, I think with all of us, even if you're not in the entertainment industry necessarily, 
you live a a life that has a lot of different things that are thrown at you, you know, Mm. and you find that there's a lot of things you have to work through, even with regards to your childhood and moving along with the world and trying to be a decent human being to the people around you and to yourself, you know? Mm. And I think my life journey has, has not been different from that. Um, There's a lot of uh, healing I've had to do and I'm still doing. There's a lot of growth I've had to do and a lot of growth I'm still doing. And I'm just always trying to be as honest as I can be about who and what I am and what I stand for and to be kind uh, to myself and be kind to the people that I meet along the way because life is challenging to every kind of person. But if I were to, I suppose... It's very difficult to answer that question that you asked in some sense, because I feel that sometimes the way experience is to me is that one thing flows into the next, you know, one challenge flows into the next joy, flows into the next challenge. But if I were to answer it from the top of my head, I would say um, being able to be kind enough to allow myself to evolve and to change my mind and to grow my opinions is something that is very interesting because I think my public brand is that of someone who um, has certain perspectives about all kinds of things. You know, Mm. my thing is really just to celebrate life and to celebrate people because I know that that's a very challenging thing for all of us. And we can all relate because we are all human in that sense. But I think for me, one of the challenges is allowing my, my, my perspective to evolve because I feel there's so much responsibility with the platform that I have but at the same time I am growing I am shifting my opinions I am learning new things I am trying to surround myself with different kinds of people so that I remain open-minded you know but I still want to stick to my guns about what I believe then and there you know Mm. um so I'd say that's that's you know one of the things um that I think about and another of the things I think about is being an independent artist, you know. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful walk. Um, it's a very empowering walk, but it's also a very challenging walk, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, of having to know that you have this particular message and this particular gifting that you want to share, um, not just for yourself, but you truly believe that it's for other people as well, so that they in, maybe in some other way can be able to share what you need to be receiving from them, you know, mm. but there's a lot of very practical things that are very challenging within that space as well, you know, um, and trying to be brand conscious about what that is. And um, yeah, you know, resources, um, certain inner workings within the industry, gatekeeping, uh, racism. There's a lot of things that have nothing to do with music that you have to deal with because mm. you you decided or it was decided for you by those that came before you that music was your calling there's a lot of yeah. things that have nothing to do with it that stand in the way um and those things are constant um they don't it, you know it's, it's that kind of thing where you're constantly in a space of having to protect what that is and having to fight through all those kinds of things but i feel i'm equipped and i feel my my bloodline is has prepared me for a moment like this it's not that i'm this empowered uh human being the entire time you know i i do get disappointed but i do know what i come from and i choose to 
recognize and to step into what that is you know mm, yeah that is very beautiful this is this it is good it's really really beautiful and um you know i'm i'm also getting a sense there's a lot of themes that you you've just put out with zoe so when i say what to know this is the theme i'm <laughs> But, you know, being a creative, you sometimes see the underlining lesson, I mean, a message Mm -hmm. that uh, other people wouldn't be able, you know, to obviously um, see or even hear. And that's what makes you so unique. So, you know, from what you've just spoken about, which is extremely powerful, that you've been prepared for this moment. And that was going to actually lead me on to my next question as to how have you actually handled yourself during this lockdown? And it, in a way, you've sort of like answered the question, Wuti, I've actually prepared myself um, for this moment because through the challenges and even through the wins that I've gone through, it's prepared me for this moment. And that's why I'm able to shine even brighter. And that's why people can relate to my music on a more on another level as well. And, and, and give me all the blessings that are obviously deserving to be mine as well. So... Mm-hmm. I just want to know that from your perspective, what would you say to Umuntu who is in despair or a creative that's in despair during this, this lockdown moment? Because, um, you know, even on my platform, Onitego Konet, and Unasipu can also, you know, justify this because I talk to him a, a lot about this, is that mm. a lot of creatives are, are suffering right now, whereas this sort of should be the time where they should vent out or let loose. But it's, it's a very depressive moment for a lot of people because obviously, number one, finances are an issue. Number two, the creativity is not there because they're not getting any motivation. So what would be your message to Umuntu that is in despair right now, that doesn't have any sense of direction, that doesn't feel any sense of direction? What would be your message to them? So sort of like uplift them. Hmm. You know, I, I don't even think I would be in the place to say anything inspirational. I am also going through the motions. You know, I also have sad days. I also have days where I'm like, geez, you know, how are we going to create a living out of this particular thing that we do you know we have so many people that have all these amazing beautiful things that they have to say about the art world guys when I was listening to your music I was in a low space you know there's there's all this social responsibility that comes by mere fact of sharing your story and knowing that it's going to relate to someone you know that it becomes very very weird to be in a position where you don't necessarily feel like you have that that same thing that people look to for you, from you rather, you know, where you are trying to find a way to motivate yourself and you don't necessarily know what the ways are, you know. And I think what's the most challenging about the times that we're living in now is that we have a, a government system that is insisting on on making us invisible, even though we are a billion dollar industry where we tell people stories and we create spaces for people. Um, And I think um, it's it's challenging. It's challenging to not be seen and yet know that it means something. Um, Mm. And I suppose what I would then say is that um, I I hope that all my, my artistic fellow beings just continue just to dig into themselves and to allow themselves to exist in whatever headspace that they are in and to yeah. know that whatever is happening is temporary because uh, some of these things are very difficult to articulate. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people that have gone from being able to tour around the world to being stuck at home, not having anything to do, having families to feed, 
having school fees still to pay, you know, there are real worries. And how do you respond to real worries? Do you say everything's going to be fine? Like, what exactly do you do? And how do we then practically make everything fine? I don't know that I have the answers to that. Um, but um, what I can say is that Njenga Bandu, who are alive in this world and in this time with everything that we are living through, is that we, we are obviously trusted with being alive in this time. And I believe that we are, whether we think so or not, equipped to handle everything that comes with being alive at this time, you know. Um, there's a lot of good that, that is happening. There is a lot of misfortunes that are happening, but we are still here. And mm -hmm. I, I would like to think that that means something. Uti, we are still here. Um, and yeah, I just pray for everyone who's in a bad space to find some kind of relief, whether that is practical, whether that is emotional, mental, um, and to just continue relying on the fact that they are here for a reason and that that means something not just to themselves but to everyone else you know mm -hmm. we have to be hopeful we have to be hopeful and this is the fight of our lives it's not just um flesh and blood it's not just the things we can see and all the conversations we've been fighting through from 2020 up to this point mm -hmm. but it's also spiritual warfare so we have to be armed up and to realize that we are warriors for this time in the different spaces that we are, whether you are a mom at home, whether you are a singer, a yeah. news broadcaster, whatever it is that you do, whether we are Shanyela on the side of the road, yeah. we are clearly here for a very particular reason. And mm -hmm. I hope we are all able to dig into what that is. From what you were saying there, you know, I, I, I get, you know, this impression, Yoguti, a lot of the like spiritual you know, the spiritual side of things as well, you know, is that something that you would say bleeds into the music that you, that you make? Because, you know, just from the stuff that you've just said, it's very, I feel like spiritually, it's very uplifting as well. You know, you mentioned earlier, Uguti, um, basically this was a gift that was passed down to you. You know, this was, this was already it, on, on some, like it was written in the stars type thing and all that. Would you say, or rather, how much of an impact would you say you know, spirituality sort of has on Uzoi Motika as an artist, as a human being, and in terms of mm. just creating music as well? Man, I, I see spirit in everything. And I respect the fact that we don't all believe in this, you know. And so I ask for whoever doesn't believe in it to take it with a pinch of salt. Mm. Um, I'm not the kind of person that wishes to, um, offend is not the word, um, impose what it is that I believe on people because I feel we're all in our own journey and we can change our minds and we can't change our minds, you know, mm. uh, it kind of is what it is. Um, and so I respect that. But for me personally, I, I subscribe to everything being spirit. And I think that keeps me accountable with a lot of things, you know? Mm. Um, I think if you see another human being as a spirit, you just relate, I suppose, with more respect with regards to what they are. Never mind the, the religious beliefs and, and, and all kinds of things that we can also be governed by. But I think if we just take it to the basics of seeing the next person, seeing the world around us as spirit, we're able to relate with a lot more respect, you know. And hopefully if you don't subscribe to that, you still find that respect when you look around you, when you look outside of yourself. 
Um, and so for me, knowing that everyone or believing that everyone is a spiritual being makes what I think my purpose is in music that much more important, you know, because if I know that I'm being led to sing messages that mean something to people on a spiritual level, that to me seems like so much more of a responsibility, you know, that for me seems like as much as I, I want you to hear my music and my story, I also have a reverence for whoever it is that is listening, you know, um, which I think is a very important thing. Uh, but I, I don't think I'm chosen. I feel that we are all chosen, but it's, it's also your responsibility to choose yourself. It's your responsibility to be curious about yourself, to and who may, who may have prayed for you to be here and to be existing the way that you do. You know, and to know that you're part of something bigger, you know, um, and yeah. I think if we all know and hopefully we all believe we are part of something bigger, then we realize that we are all essentially interconnected. Something I'm saying will mean something to you and something you're saying will mean something to me. Um, and it's not just this platform that I get to be given, but it's us recognizing that we are we hold spaces for each other, you know. But yeah, for me, I suppose then my way of holding space for anyone who's listening is through music, if it connects to you and if it, 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 it makes sense and resonates to you, which I hope it does. Um, but if it doesn't, someone else will resonate with you in a way that is true to you. Um, but yeah, for me, I just, yeah, I hope to speak the truth and be about the truth. Um, it is less popular. It is dismissed a lot more but it is necessary it is necessary that's that's so true like i i i can't dispute that that's so true that you know it also goes on to the saying that you know the truth will set you free and that i just from the conversations that we're having that you're a person that lives within the truth and that says the truth and you feel you feel free from the truth as well um through mm. not only your music but also the way that you live as well so one can definitely resonate with what you're saying. And I feel that also um, the, the huge thing that lockdown has also taught us is be honest with yourself. Accountability literally just hits us like a slap on the face, you know, because yeah. a lot of people were going through the very, very emotional states because, um, you know, they had to face up a lot of truths that they they put up sort of like put on the shelf before. But because of the mm -hmm. lockdown that had to basically say that, no, you're staying at home, whether you like it or not. And this is the situation that you're going to deal with. It's, it's so funny that you talk about the truth, because that's exactly what everyone had to go with, whether they liked it mm. or not. So, you know, it's, it's also good that they had your music to also dwell on the truth that they're dealing with because in a way music is also a healer it, it, it's just weird that you're talking about it but it's so true at the same time mm, absolutely and I think it's so beautiful that we live in a time of being able to have all these important discussions you know and to be able to hold a lot of things and a lot of people and a lot of systems accountable you know the conversations around the LGBTQIA plus community the black community the um, female community, you know, there's been so many, so many different kinds of conversations, the femicides, there's been so many conversations um, that have needed to be spoken about and that we didn't, we as humans didn't give 
each other the time to be able to speak through these things because we could always dismiss it with something else. Mm. Yes, there's femicide, but my movie is coming out next week. You know, we, we definitely lived those kinds of lives where other things just seem to take a lot more priority. But because there was a time for us to just pause and to think and to speak, we've been able to actually think, pause and speak and consider and educate ourselves if we need to and um, be open-minded um, to other people's problems, even though we don't necessarily feel connected to them. And I feel we've all had to take turns with that, which is a beautiful thing to be able to see someone and to empathize outside of personal experience or to have your opportunity to tell a story that is true and a story that resonates to you and a struggle that resonates to you. Mm. So thank goodness for that. And um, I would not have been responsible for curating my album into this experience. But again, I feel spirits made it possible because the spirit knew that, that, that there was going to be a time for truth and that there would be a song necessary for that truth. There would be mm. a conversation necessary for that truth. Mm. There would be, you know, all these things, even outside of my music that are happening to facilitate more of these conversations about that truth. Uh, we're going to be transitioning with Umtali. And yeah, if you want to learn more about Zoe Motika, we've got more content coming through. Uh, do enjoy the track. What It's okay, then jumping right into it. Uh, to anyone who was listening, um, we were playing Umtali by Zoe Motika. As I said, it's a song that you know has really touched me. Um, and I think it resonates, it goes hand in hand with some of the things you were saying, Zoe, about you know, spiritual upliftment and uplifting Abantu. That song on its own, it speaks volumes, you know, um, in terms of 
motivation mostly you know on that spiritual tip i i really love that about it so you know just looking taking from that context now and just looking at your whole album and whatnot you know i'd like for us to just dive into that a bit more you know what was your sort of psyche what was your state of mind you know going into you know creating the album man so Prior to Inganegwane, I had released my debut album, Yellow the Novel. Mm. And when I released Yellow the Novel, I was I was straight out of college. Unfortunately, I was kicked out. So I was not able mm. to continue, but I was doing jazz studies at the time. And uh, fortunately enough, I still had access to the actual department. Um, so I was able to play a lot of the music and realize the idea of, of self-reflection and all of those kinds of things with that particular album. Mm. Uh, and we'd been performing for three years, you know, having all these beautiful opportunities to explore being self and reflecting and um, in the true nature of art imitating life. I was self-reflecting at the time that all of this was happening. And I, found myself really being drawn to the idea of being umondo, you know, of being a Black person and the experiences that we go through, whether you're in the country or the continent or the diaspora. There's this certain understanding, and I suppose that is the spirit of it, you know. We are, we are one person and we are one thing and we have had a lot of beautiful ways that we've contributed to the world around us, but we also carry a lot of uh, sadness and burdens as well, you know? Mm. Um, and we'd have different conversations with different people. And um, for some odd reason, mm. in, my, in my debut album. Mm. And um, it was one of the few Zulu songs that were in there. And I'd find that audiences would really gravitate to that song. So much so that Abandabandingo would ask me, oh, man, so you really need to do a lot more and really tap into that. It's really gorgeous, you know. And I was really very, very insecure about my, my Zulu writing, particularly. As much as I was born and raised in, in Peter Maritzburg, Mkulelembali, the idea of being able to move around a lot, which is what we did as a family, really allowed me to create home in different places, but also to kind of have a, a, a confused sense of identity, you know? As much as see this Vagasha and we would go back home, there was this thing of me not feeling adequate on enough or not feeling I had enough hold on the language enough to be able to explore telling stories through it. And um, I take my writing very, very seriously because I feel it's important to do justice to that story that you want to tell in the best way that you can possibly tell it. Mm. But when Kutaza, you know, no man, you're just being silly, man, write the, write the damn songs. And then I wrote the damn mm. songs and the damn songs came, you know, and I was also so pleasantly surprised. When you are in your own corner and you are getting these beautiful downloads um, from spirits to be able to share with people, it's when you are singing these songs with people that you realize what they mean and what they are. And I feel then that's what mm. became the case with Inganegwane, you know. And Inganegwane was really just to take ownership of language 
and to be affirmed, Uti, even though my sense of identity is something I've struggled with, I know that appears to me who feel the same way. Um, it may be through language, it may be through all kinds of things. I must see go practices, you know, different things that go into being a black body, you know, and I, I think mm. it's an important conversation to have so that we're able to conquer these fears and to realize that we are making them bigger giants than what they need to be, you know. Um, and through this album, I've been able to be a scholar again in the sense of learning about where I come from and who I am and to be proud of that and to be proud even of the fact that I'm still learning, you know, it's not a destination that I've arrived at, but to also realize that we are all having these, these conversations as black bodies all over the world. And to know that we are contributing to uplifting each other and to saying, you know, we actually see each other, even though our experiences are not necessarily all identical. You know, there's a lot of parallels to that. And um, yeah, I'm proud that we can love on ourselves in that way. Before before I pass on to to Uzama as well, I just uh, I just a, a bit of a shout out to you for for making it so diverse. You know, like like the example I was making with Umtali and and our spiritual and the spiritual sort of aspects. I want to give you a shout out on 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 Elon Duzani Abantu where you say what's in Klupega is Shout out to you. I feel mm. like that is a different take. It's a different approach as well in terms of you know sort of like. Uh, when it comes to 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 us, you know, being or or, or the black black child and whatnot, and all that, it's a different take and a different approach to something spiritual as well. Which means, Uti, everything is inclusive here, and I feel it's one of the things that can make you and your music and Inganewane as a whole so relatable because there, there's something for everyone. There's something everyone can take from it, Dabo, and and so so much like like for people who believe in the Bible, Uti. You know, there's an answer for for everything, you know, for the different challenges and whatever. So I feel like in a musical sense, now you've brought about a body of work that, you know, basically caters for 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 basically abandabaningi, and it's very wide open in that sense. So shout out to you for that one. I had to get that out of the Thank way. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I think we are all wide open, Jenga You know, mm. we are not like this one-dimensional idea. I would like to think the album celebrates exactly that. You know, the fact that it's open and you see it as that is because we are exactly that. Mm. We carry so many different narratives, but we are still amazing and we are still doing the damn thing. Listen, the reason why I just had to keep quiet was because you would have heard me say amen, hallelujah to what you were saying the whole time. <laughs> Literally was just like, yes, yes, honey, yes, yes. I am here for all of this, you know? And it's, it's so, you know, it, it's so important. The point that you just brought up now that, you know, as Abantubam Nyama, we, we sometimes have such a huge identity um, issues. And instead of, being empowered and coming together. Because when you look at it, the different types of cultures that are out there um, from black people, especially like within South Africa, we're such a diverse country. So you have yes. Amazulu, Amakosa, Besoto and everything like that. There's, there's such different cultures, but there's this underlining thing of, you know what, at the end of the day, we're black. And there's certain similarities that each of the cultures have that is just mm -hmm. so beautiful. 
And, you know, it's so funny because, you know, there was a, there, there was an issue a while back where a certain rapper um, had said his album was of a certain culture. And a lot of people had disputed that and said that, well, how is it that you can say that you're this, this type of culture, but you don't represent it? Culture evolves. You can't pinpoint and say to this person, no, this is, you see the way that you're doing it, it's wrong. You can't say that because there's a lot of dimension mm-hmm. happening into it. And it also mm-hmm. falls back into the theme of what you had put out within your album as well you know i was what i was looking at your your visuals as well and i was just in my own point of view anyone can also you know sort of like um look at it in another way but when i was looking at your your visual album of one i was looking at it as and then you're just standing in the middle of it and that's one thing that i've realized that us as black people there's so much noise happening that sometimes you need to stand in the midst of it and just stay calm and 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 just be one with yourself because mm. we are so we are so critical towards one another if you don't speak Zulu mm-hmm. properly that means you're not black but otherwise i'm able to <laughs> practice other things of being black and that's so unfair it's mm. such it's such yeah. a it's yeah. such a hard thing and even as being a creative it's such a hard thing you'd want to be a part of maybe you know doing zulu things but because maybe you grew up in a predominantly white environment people will dismiss that and that's very yes. wrong because the guys that you're working with, you probably the answer to people's questions and people don't realize that. Mm. So it's the same thing mm. with what you're saying now that, you know, someone may resonate with what I'm doing. And we definitely, Nasipi, myself and other people that are listening to this definitely resonated with your music. Mm. And it's so weird that you had difficulty, um, you know, believing in your craft. Whereas another person is like, Zoe is perfection in yeah. what she's doing. You know, there's <laughs> lots of different aspects in so it's what's it, the point that you just brought up is so so it's close to home because a lot of us are actually struggling with identity because of other people's insecurity whereas when you're mm. one with yourself like i said before going back to the visual of your your, your album or what's when you're one with yourself that's when you're able to find yourself and that's where people can resonate with your music yeah. absolutely absolutely and just on what you're saying about about um this particular artist that you're talking about, you know, I think obviously there's so many different ways to look at this, you know, uh, to look at any kind of identity conversations. You can be the, what they would call the devil's advocate. You can be the, you can be on any side and you can look at it from all these different points of view, you know, but what I took from that kind of situation was that there is someone who clearly finds pride in identifying a certain kind of way and they're telling a story that is relating to a lot of people who see themselves identifying a certain kind of way or identifying that way and relating to that, you know? And I find that it becomes important for different people to tell their identity stories because it bridges the gap. Because yes, konabantu abakulemakaya, abasazisintu, abanezizulunje, that speak the most amazing Zulu when you listen to them. And then there are those of us who long for that and who would want nothing but that and who are constantly asking loved ones and family about all kinds of identity related things but our road is not necessarily the same you know maybe you came from a family that subscribed to christianity and thought that african spiritualism was something to be demonized maybe you came from the kind of family that was raised in a predominantly western space but you're still curious about 
where it is that you come from. And it may not necessarily be the easiest to get those answers because the people you're asking don't know either, you know? So if we're able to then share our different perspectives and our, our different identity curiosity, then we're able to bridge that gap and we're able to work from that point. And I would encourage people that are a lot more knowledgeable about all of these things to be a lot more loving about how we interact with each other in those things, you know? Because I've, I've heard it too many times before. You know, they've, they've neglected their identity. Yes, whatever the case may be, but I've had to assimilate in a space of a different African language, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, which is not mm-hmm. predominantly is Zulu. So now you have to learn how to communicate anew and you're not able to then practice the way that you speak because the, the people you're speaking to, that is not their native language, you know? Uh, so <laughs> it's just, it's very, it's thick, you know, and I think we need as black people to be very patient with each other in the way that we um, engage in open amongst ourselves and even with the diaspora, you know, because there's a lot of conversations around that, you know, where we can just be so vile in the way that we respond to certain things, you know. Um, We are very lucky being in the continent to be able to have ukoko. And even if it's not your grandmother, it may be someone else's grandmother or it may be someone who's done African studies or whatever the case may be. But imagine feeling a lot more displaced by knowing that you come from a certain continent and you live in a space where you are the minority and everything is is pretty much against you, you still thrive in a system that was not created for you. And we need Mm. to be able to bridge that gap as well to say, even if you don't have your name and your surname and your identity and your language and your spirit and your spirituality because it was taken from you, we are still here as the Zoe's of the world. We are still here as the Nasipis of this world. We are still here to be able to facilitate these conversations and to say, actually, we are also displaced in some kind of way because we have had to deal with the things that we, we have. But let, let's have the conversation and let's learn from each other. And it's not, it's not easy. It's not simple because everyone, I mean, there is a certain kind of pride that comes with our identity. But to be mm. able to approach that beautiful pride in such a way that is patient to everyone's experience, which is different, is also something that I think we need to lean into as a band, you know? Mm. Yeah. For me, the one thing that I loved from your whole journey of, you know, the, 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 the album that you made, um, it definitely had to, the visuals had to stand out for me. I was, I was just telling Nasipi that, wow, the visuals were amazing. The way that you laid it out, it, it, it was just like you had a conversation with yourself. Then you're like, OK, guys, uh, listen, this is what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. And it, <laughs> it, it definitely was the reflection of, of, of your growth as well, musically and also you yourself as Uzo, we would say this is how I would want it to be played out. Um, from your perspective, what made you say, Wootsie, I actually want to be in the middle of a crawl and I'm going to wear this fur thing, stand naked, sort of, and just do the things that need to be done. What, what made you actually decide <laughs> that? Thing, that? The things, the parts that pots. need to be potted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, it's, it's, so it's incredible. Um, the idea of, of, of the crowd uh, actually came from an experience growing up. Uh, as much as I am very, very proud to be coming from Emaritzburg, I, I was raised by Kokonomkulu, but I would visit my father who was um, 
based uh, Epizana, actually, sorry, Kwampisi. Um, and there'd be a lot of cattle there. I would also visit my paternal grandmother there as well. And uh, when I was very, 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 very young, I used to really love the idea of how bright the stars were um, in Makaya. You know, they are brighter than they are anywhere else. Maybe it's because there are no city lights, but there's just a certain pure thing in the air, you know, about being there. And one of the things I really enjoyed doing in Mini was to just stare at cows, like for very, very, very long periods of time when I was very young. And Ukokwam would actually look at me like I was a crazy person, you know, but in the most endearing way, you know, I'm sure in her mind, she was like, hey, there's something about this lady that I'm not understanding, this little lady. But I just loved cows. I loved the idea of them eating grass and later on finding out to Wuti, they actually chew the cud, you know. So about pangi, they don't they don't swallow and bite at things quickly, but they take their time in that, you know. And I thought it was such a beautiful metaphor for us as as black people as our story, you know. And also going into the whole idea of cows meaning so many things to us as black people, um, or not all black people. Let me not say all black people, but I I find that there's a lot of relation to cattle in the sense of food, in the sense of um, spiritual practices, dowry, amasigo, uh, you know, spiritual practices, um, and even the idea of wealth. Because if if you have cows, that means you have land, you know. Mm. Um, so I thought it was just such a beautiful symbol of what a beautiful world would look like for us. A world where we see our spirits, where we see where we are clothed, you know, whether physically and otherwise, you know, where we have the wealth that we are deserving of, where we have the land we are deserving of. So I, I, I just thought it was a good, good image to go with. And I had a beautiful team, Mutatenda Chidora, who was the photographer, uh, who were the stylists, and Larry, who was um, the assistant. Um, and Utedi Somona Heng, who was also just taking the videography. So I had all these beautiful people who were also expressing their identity through this particular story that I had to tell, you know, because I could have had this entire thing. But if I didn't have those people with me, I wouldn't have been able to realize it. So we were all just creating this idea, you know, with all our different identities, whether you are... Um, you know, whether you are um, from Zimbabwe, whether you are Sutu speaking, you know, wherever it is that you are, because it was such a diverse Black team, for us to be able to come together in that way was so beautiful, you know. Um, but yeah, I'm always so interested to hear the different ways that people look at that album cover. There was one person who thought I was disrespectful because Umundres Fazani and Bazani is not supposed to be inside Isbaya, you know. And I even saw someone replying to that, saying that part of the conversation is then taking up that space, you know. And obviously, I'm not trying to be disrespectful um, about, about creating space for these conversations. But I just yeah. think us being able to have the conversations already so, so beautiful. And I walk with as much uh, respect as I, I possibly can be. But I'm, I'm always so excited by how different people own you know, the, the visual experience of the album and it teaches me as well, you know, um, and I'm excited to hear how people continue to engage with it. Mm, you know, just on that point, actually, I always like to tell myself, Woody, any like good piece of art, you know, is bound to strike up conversation and 
basically have uh, different opinions and different views on it. And that's just, you know, an indicator. It should just show, we'll see, you know, you've made an impact and that the art that you're creating, you know, is, is intriguing enough to get people talking. It's like Uzama when she was mentioning, mm. we'll see, yeah, boy, like how she perceived it, you know, with the cows and everything like that. And then that certain person would say, nah, I'm and or that was their perspective. The mere facts, as you were saying, we'll see, these people are striking up conversation about what you're doing. Mm. Which the actual art, you know, has substance to it and value to it. And I think no one can actually take that away from you. Um, I, I just looking at basically, you know, your success as an artist, um, looking at the awards that you've got, you know, you've obviously got the Imbogoto Award, you know, you've got, you know, the Sama Award nominations and, and whatnot um, in, in, in 2018 and all that. Is this something that you actually anticipated when you were starting out in your journey? Did you ever think one day we'll table one thing, you know, like the Award for Imbogoto Award or I'll be nominated for a Sama? You know, I'm going to take the road less traveled and say yes. Wow. I will say yes. I anticipated in the sense of knowing the work that I've put in um, and of knowing what I come from, from my bloodline and knowing whom I was created by and who I believe I was created by and knowing that the message is there to resonate, you know, and it's there to mean something, not just to me and my false eyelashes and my red lips, but it's there to mean something to the people that listen to it, you know? Mm. Uh, and I've always been very, 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 very ambitious um, about my goals and what it is that I want. Sometimes I choose to share that. Sometimes I choose not to, although I find a lot more power in not sharing that and see it actually be realized you know mm. um but at the same time me expecting it does not mean i think i'm all that in a bag of chips you know i just think it's beautiful to be able to work hard and to create from a space of honesty with your entire being for you to have sweat to cry over it to laugh over what it is that you do and to be seen for that you know mm. um one of the craziest things, actually, even with the Mbogoto Award, was that I was actually booked for that particular award show. Mm. Uh, I did not know I was going to get that award. I was just backstage busy cramming some lyrics and we were supposed <laughs> to be performing <laughs> in a few minutes. We have been flown down to Durban. Jay, you know, Bogo is pity pity. We were putting makeup on. Next thing I'm asked to come on stage and I'm told that this is what happened. And it was an incredible honor. Mm. Would I have seen that? Absolutely not. You know, am mm. I grateful for it? Absolutely. I am. And do I want to believe that I should anticipate more such opportunities? I would love that to be the case, you know, because mm. one thing I've seen, even when it comes to people who, who want to deal with themselves in a way that is of standard in a way that is excellency is that they die brokenhearted. Mm. You know, all our great legends are underappreciated and they get more posthumous awards than they are recognized in their mm. lives, you know? Mm. So mm. I think part of me wanting to own these accolades as they come is to kind of also be like, yes, but this is how it should be. You know, mm. if I am a good writer, tell me I'm a good writer. If I'm a yes. good broadcaster, tell me I'm a good broadcaster. You know, yes. if I'm if I'm impactful and I have a beautiful uh, sludge podcast, tell me I have a beautiful sludge podcast. Mm. If I'm holding things to a higher standard, 
tell me, because I know that there's a lot of young people like myself who do work hard, who do put in the hours and who just need to be in a position of being able to be fueled by the idea of just being seen. Because all we do Mm. is see people in these conversations. Someone is listening and they are seen. So see us so that we are not bitter. South Africa doesn't see us. South Africa only sees mediocre, you know, so that we, we actually just create from a space of abundance and knowing what we are and knowing what we mean. You know, I mean, I think that's not just a me thing. I think it's something we all need to uh, expect, you know, even from media spaces and even in corporate spaces. If you're contributing to that space, you need to be awarded for what that is. You know, you need to be seen for what that is so that you contribute from a space of abundance. You know, Mm. if you tell me I mean something I'll get to believe it a lot more and I know I'll be digging a lot deeper in the way that I yeah. write and in the stories that I wish to tell, mm. you know? So yeah. it, it only makes things even that much more magical. No, mm. definitely resonate with what you're saying. Um, a, a thing that I always say to people, give credit to where it is deserved, um, mm. you know, because a lot of people, um, it, it's, it's, it's so funny you say that because even the, the platforms that we're doing, um, would say we give credit to people that right, rightfully deserve it. But not only that, telling mm-hmm. their stories, because tell, storytelling is such a beautiful value that people sometimes underestimate. It's, it's so important to, 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 to carry on telling people and also telling people the right type of history because anyone can create history. But obviously, there's only one type of history that has the truth in it. <laughs> So when it comes from the horse's mouth or it comes from that, you know, place that of, of truth, people will understand that person or people will understand that event. And it's always essential to always try and do that the best way that you can. So, yeah, definitely. Again, it goes along with the theme of of you speaking your truth at the end of the day. Hmm. And if you give me an award, I mean, I'm also not silly enough to think I I. I may stand alone, you know, Konabandu that I come from as well. There's knowledge that I've had to learn as well, whether that was through Umambusim Thong or Uba Matala Kunene, you know, Mamswongile Kumalo, Mamtunam Thope. I know I, you know, Uba Predomoto, I know I don't come from nothing. So in me yes. taking up my space and me saying, yes, I'm deserving on this, of this, it's not just me saying, me, Nazoi Mudecha. I'm deserving of this. It's that, yes, I, I want us to be curious about these conversations. And I also am a, I'm a learner in this process as well. And I also have answers that I need from these particular beautiful people, you know, you know, and this is all to name a few. These are people that I, I, I get all this knowledge from. So if you see me, you see them because I, I feel that what they've contributed saw me and that's, that's how I was able to see myself as fit enough to be able to tell my end of the story and my perspective. So it's, it's, it's interconnected. It's interconnected. It really just is. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's also weird that you're saying that because it was actually going to bring up the next point that I had that um, unfortunately, like due to COVID and other things that, you know, have made our legends like pass away and everything like that. It has actually mm. brought on new people, Abafana Jengao, you know, Elaine, the works, the oh. people who are ripping 
the country um, in their own respective rights. And now mm. these are the new, like I said before, culture always evolves. And this is just a prominent example of that. Abantebafan and Jengo Matala Kunene that are still alive, that are even able to say that, no, guys, we'd like to work with you because one day it's in a week going to go away. But because of the knowledge, like you said, because of the knowledge that we have, that we've imparted onto you, at least Zawaz would say, you know, it's been imparted and other people and generations will carry on with it. And that's why mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's important that, um, you know, we just, we just carry on with the, the way that we're operating and appreciate the arts that are happening right now at the end of the day. So, man, I also want to just say props to you and carrying on with the work that you're doing. We truly are appreciative of it. Uh, thank you so much, Sam. I, I really, really appreciate that. I really do. So basically rounding this off, um, you know, what message do you have for the people that have been following you, people who have been supporting you from, from the jump? Um, yeah, basically this is your time to, to sort of address them and, and, and how you feel and all that there. Before I actually answer that, I, w- I would love to say that um, thank you to you guys as the Sludge Underground podcast for having me, you know. Hey, um, if it wasn't you. for entities like yourselves, um, it would mean that all, all that we do is undocumented, you know, but by mere fact that we're able to have these conversations means we actually all exist, you know, and that's really, really beautiful. So I'm grateful to both of you and the team and yeah, just send love into what you guys do and maybe continue to fight the good fight. The marathon continues, but I'd like to say uh, to everyone that has been following me, thank you so much for being generous with yourselves um, and lending an ear to what it is that I have to say, what it is that I think, what it is that I share, what it is that I write. I'm grateful that for some of you, it's been, oh, wow, she's got, she's really great on stage. You know, for some of you, my music has been the soundtrack to your lives. You know, for some of you, there's that one song that you just, you have to repeat when you listen to it. However it is that we've been able to connect and relate and for however long, I'm so entirely grateful. Um, What you may not realize is that you simply listening to me, listening to my music and what it is that I have to say is what gives me my purpose. So you have so much power in your hands to be able to give me my purpose. Um, and I don't take that lightly and I'm grateful for that because that's what I wake up to do every single day. So thank you for giving me that gift. And I hope that my music continues to be a gift, continues to be a friend, continues to hold space and conversations, continues to make you laugh and dance if you don't want to think about anything at all, you know, um, but I hope to be here for a very long time and for as long as the good Lord will have me. And I hope that we can share more memories and more joy because we need that. And congratulations to all of us for being here in this very, very crazy world. But um, yeah, the marathon continues and blessings to all of you and everything that you do. May you see yourself and may you, you know, believe in yourself and accomplish higher heights, you know, and do what speaks to your soul. Mm. Um, And I'll, I'll be on my corner on my little side cheering cheering you on if I know if I don't my music hopefully will be cheering you on uh, and I'll also be doing my own thing on the side as well but yeah blessings to all of you and thank you mm, 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 mm. one day if you could just consider running for president because damn ha! 
like damn <laughs> what you <laughs> that was so powerful that was so powerful it was it's like yeah and it's like you know you'd expect to see like from an artist is like oh guys thank you for supporting me yeah yeah keep cool new music coming out whatever whatever. but this was like a whole like speech and it was intriguing from start to finish i feel like you could give uramaposa a run for his money just just saying hey yeah 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 <laughs> so now so now in so closing yeah, so yeah no problem no problem so, so your hashtag. handle yeah hashtag hashtag <laughs> uh in closing your handles where can people get in touch with you if they want to get a hold of you and follow you on social media yes family so um if you'd like to keep in touch with me and to be a part of my world and for us to do our thing uh you can follow me on at z-o-e underscore m-o-d-i-g-a on Twitter, that's Zoe underscore Mudeja. On Facebook, it's Z-O-E-M-O-D-I-G-A, Zoe Mudeja Musician Band Page. On Instagram, I love those Instagram lives. So you should, t- you should definitely go to my Instagram yeah. um, at Zoe Mudeja. Um, and yeah, let's, let's connect. Let's connect. Aware that is solid. And thank you once again, Zoe, for, for joining myself and Zama. This was a, a really massive privilege for us getting to learn about you firsthand it was it was an incredible experience that money can't buy thank you um, to your team as well whoever i've been communicating with in the emails thank you to them you know for for to act like this it's really been incredible i've learned a lot about you and i'm super keen uh and zama as well we're both keen on what's to come and we believe that just bigger things are coming for you in future so basically yeah in in closing guys it's been another sludge underground episode together with uzama from itego connect um obviously our episodes are available on soundcloud apple music spotify we are sludge underground podcast on facebook sludge underground uh, on instagram at sludge underground and on twitter at sludge 031 zama who are you online your handles itego connect where can people get in touch on everything, it's literally just Itegu Connect, except for Twitter, it's Itegu Connect 01. Mm. Um, yeah, man. And thank you again, Zoe, for this beautiful opportunity. It was definitely um, a conversation that needed to be had. And I hope that everyone that's listening, thank you so much also to Sludge Underground Nasepi. Thank you so much for this conversation. Hey, thanks, and thanks. I hope that everyone that listened um learned a thing or two about themselves but also not only about themselves but also about zoe so to many many more and yeah man let's just like you said the marathon continues Oh, yes. Sabo, my family. Blessings. Thank you so much. Uh, Zoe, in closing, what track of your... What's your favorite track on Ingo Negoane so we can close out? I was biased in the middle. Uh, I I chose, but I think this is an opportunity for you to choose. That is your favorite on Ingo Negoane. Ooh, <laughs> this is unfair. First and foremost, <laughs> I would just like to say this is very unfair, guys. <laughs> but in terms of issue, Uti, right now, either Ise Kazini or Utando. Let's go for Utando because listen to that. Lovely, one, love it as well. Okay, guys. Until next time, you're gonna be listening to Utando by Zoe Modicha. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, it's bye for now. <laughs>
Lou 